<laughs> I like that. You notice how Jer had the first two announcements, and he waited for a bit of a applause, and then the third one, the fast, he just went right on through. <laughs> I love that. Smart man. He's done this before. I encourage you with the fast, though. Um, fasting is a tool. The Bible says, when you fast. Jesus talking about his disciples after he was ascended. When you fast, not if you fast. It is a, an expectation from the Lord that we look into fasting, that we look at it, that we examine it, that we look at it scripturally, that we're convinced because it's in there, and then you go, okay, how does it look like in my life? As a body, we're doing it, and I, I, I like it, doing it as a body with other people, um, because then you know that if you're suffering for something, you know there's others too. <laughs> we're also in that same boat, and it's just like we're all in this together. Um, not that it, three days is, is that long. Jesus went 40, so we're doing three. Not that we compare ourselves to Jesus. All right, we're going to talk to us today about uh, of seed and soil. So Nick is away today, as you notice. Um, he's away at a wedding. He's been preaching on Ephesians the last while, um, going through the book of Ephesians and touching down on some pretty important topics in our lives. The last few weeks, we've looked at submission, um, submission in a marriage. We looked at marriage. We looked at, at submission by a, a wife to her husband, husbands lo- loving their wives as Christ loved the church. And then last week was looking at children and raising children in a godly way. And there's some pretty big topics there um, to just kind of hammer. And there's a lot of truth that Nick was sharing. And one of them, one of them hit me, uh, one of the verses he shared. And he didn't actually preach on it, but it was in, the, in what he shared there. And it said, fathers, do not exasper- exasperate your children. Man, when I saw that, that was the verse for me. And I w- it was like, it was one of those moments where you're looking behind you like, does everybody know that this is for me? Because it sure feels like that. It was like, substitute fathers, Jeb, and substitute children, but teenagers. Jeb, do not exasperate your teenagers. And my first thought was, but why'd you make them so prone to exasperation? (laughs) My teenagers aren't here today, so I can talk. Um, But he didn't. And it was something, it was a word for me in the midst of a sermon where God put his finger on something. And now it's up to me, what am I going to do with that? And there was another uh, picture that I had, and I shared it last week at the end of the sermon, where I just saw birds circling. Just birds circling, waiting to scoop up the seeds that were sown. And many of you, if you've been in church for a long time, you've you've sat through a lot of sermons, right? And sometimes there's a good word, and you walk away, and you go, that was a good word. There was something there, like, that really touched me. And the next day, someone asks you, how was your Sunday? And you can't even remember what the word was about. Right? Is that just me? Okay. <laughs> it's, it, it is just me. You know what? Because sometimes <laughs> it's important how we hear. Jesus says in Luke chapter 8, he said, be careful how you hear. And that means there's different ways to hear things. There's different ways to hear things. God can speak. What are we going to do with it? What are we going to do with what he says? And we're going to look at the, the parable of the sower today. And just keeping in mind some of the things that maybe God has highlighted recently, what are you doing with it and what should you be doing with it? The message today is focused on the power of God, the power in the word of God. There is power in the seed to change us to bring about fruitfulness. 
It is within the power of God to do that. What is our responsibility in that interaction? So I'm just going to pray. Lord, we thank you for this word. We thank you for your Bible, for the word of God, Lord, and we just honor it this morning. We pray that your word, even as it's shared here and we read off the screen or we, or we look into it, Lord, I do pray for your seed, your perfect word to find good soil, Lord, in our lives, that it would bear fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Of seed and soil. So, Mark chapter 4, Jesus was teaching. And he says, again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things in parables. And in his teaching said, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seeds, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Others, other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, and some 100 times. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. So this passage was one of the first parables Jesus shared publicly in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It wasn't the first, depending on the, on the gospel, but it's one, of the, it's one of the premier parables that he shared. And it starts with listen. He says, listen. You can just see Jesus out in the boat. There's all the people. They're all chatting like, oh, yeah, we, where are you from? I'm from here. What are you doing afterwards? And all of those things. Jesus says, listen, listen up, everybody, and then he teaches, and then at the end, he says, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear, amen. It's important to pay attention to Jesus, to pay attention to his words, and to pay attention to his meaning. What does he mean in what he says? We've all been in, like I said, in sermons before, or you've been to high school, and you walk out of a class, and you know the teacher was saying words for the last 45 minutes, but you walk out, and you don't remember anything. You're like, I'll study the book later, right? I'll get ready for the test, right? You listened, but you didn't have ears to hear. You didn't hear. You didn't understand. You didn't take it in and have those ears of understanding. They're different things. When God speaks to you from the word or from a sermon or from a song, even last week when we were talking about child-rearing, talking about bringing up kids and discipline, we can all listen to it. But there's, thing, there's truths there that we have to go, okay, now that, that's, a, that's a real important truth. What am I going to do with that with my kids? Am I going to continue to exasperate my teenagers? Or am I going to fix it? Right? Am I going to say, I have ears to hear, Lord. I want to know what that was about. And I want to apply it to my life. And that's up to me. And when God speaks, it's up to you. What you do with that next? Do you have ears to hear? And then when he was alone, afterwards, the 12 and the others around him asked him about the parables. So they listened to the parables. They listened to what Jesus said, but they knew there was a deeper meaning. They knew there was more they weren't grasping. Jesus often spoke in parables. He spoke in stories. 
that had a natural um, understanding, spoke about a natural event. Often it was agriculture, which I love because I grew up on a farm. And I think if you were to talk to our, our, our people today, you might not use agriculture. You might use something else. Um, but this was a lot of people were involved in agriculture back then, and he spoke about those things. Easy to understand. But there's a deeper meaning. There's a, there's a spiritual truth in the parables as well that you don't discern on the, on the outside. You need to understand. You need to grasp the meaning. Do you have ears to hear? And so they had ears. They listened. And they said, Lord, we want to know what you were really talking about. And that's a good question to ask God. When you're reading the Bible and something stands out to you, Lord, what are you really talking about? What is the meaning of this for me? Ears to hear. And we see this throughout the Bible. It's not just Jesus. We see it in Old Testament stories where you'll read the story of Exodus and it's about God bringing Israel out of Egypt. And then you'll see that's actually a picture of salvation. Right when you get to the New Testament, and it says, look back at what happened to Israel. There's, me, there's layers to it. And there's always layers in the Bible. There's layers to it. If you read this word, and I was talking with Nick earlier, and we're both talking about a, a passage in the Bible, and he had one understanding, I had one slightly different. They're both right. Because God gives understanding revelation for a moment. right? For something that spoke to me, something that spoke to him. And it was the same passage. And God will do that because it's a living word. And it's powerful. And there's layers to it. You can read this book over and over and over again, and you will never stop receiving revelation of something new. God will continue to speak to you. He will continue to speak to you. If you're open to it, if you say, Lord, what are you really saying here? I listen, but I want to hear. I want more. Let's go deeper. So his disciples listened to him, but they didn't understand. So they said, Lord, what are you talking about? Then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? So there's something key about this parable. It's one of the first ones, like I said. It's a key understanding that he's looking for us to apply. There's something in here that is about understanding the word of God. So Jesus, in his grace... Thankfully, they asked him, and thankfully, he told them. He gave them a deeper understanding. The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, and some, some 100 times what was sown. So he takes the natural, which is about seeds and soil, and then Jesus brings it into our lives. Okay, it's actually talking about you guys. The different types of soil. But in the natural, we see the seed, and we see different kinds of soil. Four different types of soil, and four different outcomes. 
And I'm not going to go into all the different types of soil and the details. We want to focus on the good soil. That's what Jesus focuses on, and that's what he wants to see in our lives. But in the natural, you see the first three, there's no fruit. If the seed, however, finds good soil, it will bear fruit. It's the same seed. The only difference is the soil. Three different types of soil, no fruit. One type of soil, it bears fruit. And it bears much fruit, 30, 60, or 100 times. And it's an amazing example of something like a seed, a small seed, that finds its environment to thrive, and then it thrives. When you look at a seed, one seed, or these three, these three little seeds here, each one has an incredible amount of potential. There is potential within each seed to grow. Locked up inside that seed is the DNA. When that seed finds the right environment, in this instance, it's good soil, all by itself, it breaks open and it sends out shoots and it germinates and then it grows and then it sprouts and then it grows and then sometimes it grows and grows and grows. But all of that is within the little seed and eventually it bears fruit and it replicates itself and then the fruit has other seeds and then it continues on. That's the picture that God has for his word in our lives is to come in and change, to come in and grow to come in and bring about all that he has in mind that he wants his word to do in us, the fruit that he's looking for. If you see one little seed can create many different kinds of fruit, and it's all locked up in that seed. It's all locked up in that truth, if we look at it from the spiritual. But in the natural, it's amazing when you look at this, this life cycle, and we're so used to it. But once you even Google it for a little bit and search like I did the last few days, it is amazing again what God can do and what he has designed. And then Jesus says, that's the example I'm going to use to teach them about the word. Because it's amazing, the amount of potential in one little seed. You look at these redwoods, there are redwoods. They think we're around when Jesus walked the earth. Hey, you go to California, you're like, this, this was still, this was a tree when Jesus was walking around. I mean, that's amazing. And all of that potential is in that little seed that fell 2,000 years ago and just continued to grow, grow and grow and grow, and propagate and replicate and create other trees. All of it's in that seed. That seed has potential. So Jesus uses that natural example to bring us to the spiritual example. The seed is the Word of God. The Word of God. The Bible, the words about Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed. And just like a seed, there is potential in this book. There is potential in the word of God to bring about fruitfulness in our lives. Just like a seed. Such potential to replicate itself and to bring about fruit. The seed has a plan for fruitfulness written into it. It's in the DNA. If it finds good soil, boom. You have 30, 60, 100 times, whatever you planned. But God's word has a plan for fruitfulness written within it. And if his word finds good soil, boom, it replicates, it creates fruit. That soil, for the seed, that soil is, is soil. For the word of God, that soil is you. And that soil is me. 
And it's important that we get this because sometimes we do hear a word and we, and we go and it, it's, it's gone, right? We don't, we, don't keep, we don't keep it. We don't hold on to it. We don't retain it. The only difference between the outcomes is the type of soil. The seed's the same, but the only difference is the type of outcomes, and that's you and me. The seed has everything we need. The seed has everything God designed to bring about fruitfulness in our lives. What are we doing with that seed? What are we doing? Do we have ears to hear? Do we have a desire to learn, to grow, to be fruitful? This is the way to do it. This is God's design, his plan. And it's not complicated. Sometimes we make spiritual growth out to be calculus. And you go to a Christian bookstore and there's all kinds of books. You look online and you're just confused. But God desires, it's an equation. It's a simple algebra. Not even algebra. It's an equation. This plus this equals this. And Jesus, this is what the parable is about. The seed plus soil equals fruitfulness. The word of God plus good soil in you brings about fruitfulness. The word of God is given. The soil is up to us. And isn't that like God to do that? We just put faith in the word of God. No striving. We don't have to strive in our own strength. We just put faith in the word of God. We, we, we tend the soil, get the word in, and the word brings about fruitfulness. It's all in the word. It's all in the seed. A little further on in that chapter, Jesus says, This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or he gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. And as soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it, because the harvest has come. So he just finished talking about the parable of the sower, and now he's talking about the kingdom of God and how it advances. There is an all-by-itself nature to the kingdom of God advancing. There is an all-by-itself nature to that seed finding good soil in you, and it just produces fruit. Night or day, you could be sleeping, you can be awake, but if you have good soil and you desire the word of God to find its way into your heart, you will produce fruit. It's in the seed to do that. It's not in our striving. It's in the seed. God's designed his word to work with us in a similar way to the way that a seed works with soil. And I know I'm belaboring this, but I think it's so familiar. It's so important, though, the power that is in the word of God. Because we go to self-help books, and sometimes Christianity has become a bit of a self-help religion sometimes. When you look at all the books and all the places you can go, but God has given us everything we need right here. Right? He's given us each other. He's given us his spirit. He's given us his word. Let's not neglect this. Let's not look for the next best thing. God's given us the best thing. And it works. Plant it well, and it will grow. John 15. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. God's desire is for you and me to bear much fruit. That's his desire. 30, 60, 100. He wants us to bear fruit for him, fruit that will last. And he's given us everything we need to do this. 
He's given us the Word of God. Not everywhere you go in the world do they have access to the Word of God. We have many Bibles at home. Many of us have many Bibles. We have what we need. Are we listening? Are we hearing? Are we planting? Are we taking God's Word seriously? And fruitfulness here speaks of replication. He says to show that we are his disciples, to demonstrate spiritual fruit in our lives, to do as Jesus did. And what did Jesus do? Only what the Father told him to. Spiritual gifts. He walked in power, the fruit of the Spirit, the character of God, the will of God, miracles, testimonies. These are the things God wants to see in our lives. How does it start? His word, finding good soil in our hearts. And then we will walk out fruitfulness. Something that can be seen. Showing ourselves to be his disciples. There's a story by this man here. His name is uh, Brother Yun. He's a Chinese Christian. And he tells a story of, of growing up in rural China where he was extremely poor. And the, the town he was in was poor. There was very few Christians there. An uncle told his mom about a god that is not a god that they knew about. And his mom told him about it, about this god, and his name was Jesus. And it, it, struck, it stuck with him. So he went and he prayed to this god. He asked his god. He didn't know how to pray, but he prayed. He said, God, um, tell me more. So God told him more, and God gave him a dream and said, someone's going to come to your door, knock on your door, and give you a Bible. So he had a dream, okay? Next couple of days, someone came to his door, knocked on his door, and gave him a Bible. And, and through the door, they said, are you the, one that, are you the one that had the dream? And then he said, yes, that was me. He opened the door, they gave him a Bible. So he had a Bible in, in China, and they were not allowed at this time, Bibles, but he had one, and he read it. And he started to read the Bible, and he got saved. And then he started to memorize the Bible. And he said the, the 20, 28 days, I think, after he was saved, he would memorize a chapter of Matthew a day. He'd read the Bible. He'd memorize a chapter of Matthew a day. Amazing. And then he'd go out to the surrounding villages, and he'd start to tell them. He'd just recite to them Matthew. He'd just recite the Word of God, and people would get saved. And then he started to memorize Acts. And he said he'd go out to the surrounding villages. He'd just... Speak Acts to them. He just said, this is what Acts says. He's left the Bible at home because if he's caught with it, it's taken from him, he could be thrown in jail. And if you read this book, he spent many years in jail after this. But as he's just speaking the word of Acts to them, the word from Acts, people are getting filled with the Holy Spirit, which is amazing. It's just the word of God. It's just the word of God. And he said, right here he said, God poured his spirit out to many desperate souls. Like thirsty men in the desert, they gleefully drank in the water of God's word. Even though I was just a teenager, the Lord enabled me to lead more than 2,000 people to Jesus in my first year as a Christian. And I don't share that story for us to feel like, oh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not living up to it. That's not it at all. But just to bolster your faith that the word of God is powerful. The word of God is powerful. He hungered for the word of God. God will fill the hungry. God will fill the hungry. So what's good soil? Those that hear the word, Mark chapter 4, those that hear the word, accept it 
and produce a crop. It's simple. And in Luke chapter 8, he goes into a little bit more detail. Luke does in his description of this parable. He says, but the seed on good soils, good soil stands for those with a noble and a good heart who hear the word, retain it, hold on to it, and by persevering, produce a crop. So we see in both of these, the word gets in, then you hold on, and then fruit comes. I know I'm belaboring this, and I know it's something that you've heard before, but it's so important. We're not, we're not thinking calculus here when God has simple math for us. And are, are we getting the word in? Are we getting the word in? Are you holding on to the things that God is saying? This is important for you to look at. This, this, is, this is for you. Are you reading the word? Are you meditating on the word? Do we desire? You're, you tend the soil. God, I'm going to tend the soil, but this word's got to go in. I got to get this word in. Are we gobbling it up? Because it will produce fruit if we do. Much fruit. Much fruit. The word gets in. You hold on. And then fruit comes. Read the word. Listen to the word. I'm driving now. I've got an audiobook, Johnny Cash, reading the New Testament in the Old King James. You can find it on Audible. It's awesome. Johnny Cash, like he, and he puts on the accent for it too while he's doing it. Listen to the word. Listen to it. Read it. Get it in. Get it in. Sometimes listening to it brings a whole different meaning than reading it. It just brings a different meaning. Or you hear it differently. And there's different ways. Of, I mean, we have, everything. we have access to everything these days. All kinds of ways of getting the word in. But it's the word of God that is going to bring about fruitfulness. Getting it in. Holding on to it. Meditate on the word of God. If God puts his finger on something like do not exasperate your children, look it up. Read it. Hold on to it. Write it down. God spoke to me about this. Or I was reading the word of God and this stood out to me. If you read a psalm, if you read through psalms, there will be a psalm that will speak to your situation. Whatever situation you're in, I believe the psalms are written by David. All different kinds of emotional states, all different kinds of life circumstances. There will be one that's going to speak to you. Read it. Meditate on it. Meditate on it. God's going to do something in your life if you do that. Hold on to it. Hold on to that word. And memorize it. Memorize the word of God. Jesus, when he was tempted by the devil, he pulled out three scriptures, and then the devil left him. Jesus was only able to pull out the scriptures because they were in him, because he'd memorized the scriptures. He was able to pull those out. He didn't have, he didn't have all the papyrus with him, or whatever it was in the, in the desert, I would think. He memorized the word. Devil came to tempt him? No, the word of God. It was in him, it came out. If you struggle with worry, or if you struggle with anxiety, memorize scripture. There's nothing stopping you in Vancouver in 2023 from memorizing scripture. There's a lot of forces that oppose you memorizing scripture, but nothing's stopping you memorizing scripture. Things will change in your life. We've looked up, do a word study on anxiety, do a word study on worry, memorize those scriptures. God will change, He'll bring about fruitfulness in your life. It will turn things around. Thank you, Sam. David said, Psalm 119.11, I have hidden your word in my heart. 
I have hidden your word in my heart. That's a beautiful description. I took your word, I read it, I hid it in my heart that I would not sin against you, that I would not miss the mark. David desired to bear much fruit. He was a man after God's own heart. And he took his word and he hid it. And then you hold on. And I don't have time to get into all these, all these things. The thorns and the rocks, the worries, the troubles of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, the desires for other things, all the other voices on the airwaves right now, all the ticker tape, all of that stuff, you can turn it all down. Or you can turn it off. It's up to you. You can turn it down. All of them can be dealt with. All of those things, if you struggle with those things, all of them, you can tend the soil of your heart. You can pick rocks, you can pull weeds, you can make decisions. I made decisions to get news apps on my phone. I made decisions to get rid of them off my phone. I can do that. I can do that. I used to work with a psychiatrist, and one of the first questions he'd ask people is, do you have the news on at home? Because he, deal he dealt with people who had anxiety to the point where they couldn't function. And people would say, yeah, I've got, I've got CNN on all day long. Just in the background, just in the background. But he said, turn it off. Just turn it off. And he found people had more benefit from that than anything else he did. Just turn off the noise. Just turn off the noise. Pull the weeds. Get it out. He wasn't a Christian. He just saw like this plus this equals that. Right? He said, pull out this. And Jesus here says, pull out this. Put in the word. Prioritize the word. All of those things. The soil is yours to manage. The soil is us. The seed is God. It's going to bring about fruit, but it's got to find good soil. That's our decisions. If you want barrenness or little fruit, then prioritize these things ahead of the word of God. Because that's, that's the other message here. There's all this kinds of soil. If worries and desires for other things, I mean, how, who doesn't that speak to you, living where we live? If all of those things take preeminence over the word of God, they will choke out the word, the power of the word. They will limit what God's word can do in our hearts. But if you want fruit, prioritize the word of God. I want this, this sermon to come alongside next series on Ephesians because we're getting into some pretty important topics as well. Ephesians is an amazing book. And God's going to speak over the next few weeks to you. Because you're here and you're hungry. There's a reason you came. Because you want to hear about the word of God. You want to interact with God. You want to grow in your relationship. God's going to speak. And it's a simple equation he's looking for. For us to retain it. Not to walk out and forget, but to write it down. To hold on to it. To memorize. To grow in our faith. Amen. Please stand with me. If the worship team could come down. I'm going to pray just now, and I believe this is a, a moment just to... I'm going to pray, but if anything I pray says you want to say amen to, you can say amen. You don't have to do it out loud, but I believe God just wants us to recommit, some of us to recommit our lives 
in a way, like the soil of our lives. Lord, the soil, I just need to tend it better. And just to take this opportunity now to say, I hear you, Lord. I hear what Jesus said. Because he said the soil's yours. He said the seed is mine. The seed is good. He wants it to find good soil in your heart, good soil in your life. And we can make decisions to do that. So, Lord, we do just come before you as a body. And we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the power of the word of God. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for every word in the word, God, every word in the Bible. We thank you that it's God-breathed, that it's alive and active in our lives. We thank you for it, Lord. We thank you for the power that is in the word of God. We thank you for this testimony, this uh, Brother Young testimony. We thank you for the testimonies in our lives where we've seen your word in action. And we just want to come before you as a body today and say, yes, God, to what you're saying. Yes, Lord, we hear you. We, we listened, and then we heard, Lord. We understand what you're saying. Lord, and we just want to commit, commit to pull the weeds, Lord. We want to commit to pull the rocks. We want to tend our hearts better. We want to tend the soil, Lord, and make very good soil. And I pray for a hundredfold. We pray for a hundredfold increase, God. We pray, Father, lead us to it. Put your finger on those things that are limiting the hundredfold increase in our lives, Lord. We just yield ourselves to you. Lord, you sow, you, you sow the seed. We thank you for it. We thank you for it, God. Help us to, to tend this soil. We want to do it well, God. We want to honor you. We want to glorify you with our lives. We want to show others, Lord, that we are your disciples. In Jesus' name.